Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. The following interview is designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. Your host, Derek Champagne, is the founder and CEO of The Artist Evolution, a full-service agency building successful brands, marketing tools, and campaigns, and also the author of the best-selling book, Don't Buy a Duck. And now, let's begin today's Leadership Series interview. Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where our goal is to inspire you to become the best leader that you can be. Our guest today, Sonia Sung, is with us. She is an amazing person. She's a CEO, a coach, author of the book we're going to talk about today. It's called The Launch Book, Motivational Stories for Launching Your Idea, Business, or Next Career. She is also the founding executive director of the Fuqua Coach K Center on Leadership and Ethics at Duke University. Uh, she's been regularly appeared on from Forbes to Fortune to Wall Street Journal to CNN. She's actually a top 10 influencer on LinkedIn, which I think I want to ask about in just a minute as well, because that's pretty incredible. Uh, spoken to audiences from the White House to Global Sports Management Owner Summits and is our guest today and so many more things. But Sonia, welcome to our show today. Derek, thank you so much for inviting me to join you on this awesome podcast. I'm a huge fan. And so it's an honor to be here. Well, the, the honor is mine and you've, you've, you've got such an accomplished career and you've done so many great things. And, and, but I would like to hear from you uh, so our listeners can get to know you. Do you mind just kind of give us a story, not just your professional, but just tell us a little bit about you, like what makes you, you, and then we'll get into, <laughs> we'll get into your book and things like that in a few minutes, because you have so many, I mean, but we're, I'm just so excited to pick your brain about these amazing principles you have, but we want to get to know you first. Okay, so I think um, in knowing my own, in sharing my story, we have to start at uh, what's the mission. And my personal mm -hmm. mission in life is not to chase greatness. I know we there's a lot of high achievers out there. I'm one of them, highly competitive, high achievers, but we can't control the outcome, right? Like in sports, no matter, it doesn't matter how talented you are and how hard you prepare, there's that win is not 100% guaranteed. Mm. And it's the same thing with chasing greatness. So my personal mission in life is not to chase greatness, rather it is to enable greatness in others. And the expression mm. of that is as a mom, as an educator, as a board and CEO coach, and um, as a mentor and, I, uh, and an author. And so this is an expression of my life. I would say one defining moment in my story is being an immigrant. I'm also an immigrant. Mm. I immigrated to this country at age seven. And here's the thing when you're a first generation immigrant, actually when you're a first generation anything, is that you are always in between worlds. You're mm. never fully a member of the world you left and you're never fully feeling like you're member of the community that you're entering into. So psychological survival is about really understanding everybody's point of view. And that is a key underlying painting of um, how I live my life and, uh, and evolving that into a strength, being able mm. to understand different people's motivations, um, empathizing with them, and being a bridge builder. 
Wow, I, that, I I really like that a lot. We we had a we had Brian Buffini as our guest. He wrote a book called The Immigrant Edge and talked about his perspective mm-hmm. coming to this country with I think seventy nine dollars in his pocket, and going okay, let's do this, and, <laughs> and and talks about the advantage sometimes. But what you just shared with me is is I don't hear this very often. I mean, enable greatness in others. I love that that mission, but you're looking at it from other people's perspective, and and I feel like in our world, so many of us are looking at things from our own perspective and then either convincing others or seeing how it fits with ours. Just, mm. do you mind? I mean, talk a little bit more about that. Cause I really like that. I like that viewpoint. Well, one is I you know the core underpinning of leadership. You have to start with self-awareness. Mm. You have to understand who you are, what you bring to the table, your superpowers, as well as your weaknesses, right? And mm-hmm. then you complement others in teaming up with them so that you're stronger together as a team. But so you, you do have to start off with a point of view or a perspective. However, if you are only stuck in that one singular point of view, then then life would be so boring. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's constantly, I, I think about it as, um, going out there and looking for ways to others ways to change my mind have my mind to be changed Mm. (laughs) um so i you know so much of how we interpret people's actions is based on our initial belief about them so you take a leader who may be whose actions are uh, say on the court, we've seen these with a few coaches, they are super tough and they can seem like just um, really demanding, but because people's belief about them is that they care about their people, they have high standards, their actions are going to be interpreted with that, well, in the context of that belief. Hmm. However, the same exact actions you have, uh, you know, another another leader, as an, uh, for example, exhibits the same exact actions, says the exact same words, um, makes the exact same demands. But if the belief around that particular leader is that they are all out for themselves, they're a terrible person, then that same action is going to be interpreted quite differently. Hmm. And so I'm always you know, in starting off with that self-awareness is also an awareness of where the, what's the belief um, and can that belief be changed about someone, Mm. you know, so being open to having our minds changed. And so going out and then understanding the other person's stories and understanding where they're coming from, uh, that enables that learning and that growth and that unlearning (laughs) of our original (laughs) belief which is so critical right Right. like in sports or like for you in music think about how many times we have to unlearn something Mm. in order to move forward and relearn it right wow that's that's a great example i I really like that i want to talk i want to talk about your some principles in your book for a few minutes if we can You, you and i love this you use behavioral science principles to help readers build the mindset for addressing major change and you talk about the launch like and you share motivational stories for launching an idea business the next career tell me about some key elements for launch okay so one of the reasons i wrote the book is because i'm such a scaredy cat when it comes to launches can i share that <laughs> did i just see it share that openly you did. i'm a scaredy cat because <laughs> you know it's it's uncomfortable whether we're launching into a new business idea or we're launching into for me it was you know the book is 
proof of the thesis. The existence of the book is proof of thesis because hmm. it's my first book. And I've right. written, you know, tons of articles before. And but when it comes to writing this book, it was so hard. And because um, and the same thing with anything, you know, um, when something is just an idea in our heads, it's a slam dunk. It's a home run. Right. right? And, and so sometimes we procrastinate and let it stay that idea. And, you know, whether we're launching into a new phase in our lives, we're launching into retirement, we're launching into a new project, um, you know, we all have fears. And mm. I wrote this book to because I needed to understand what those fears are and then find strategies for overcoming those fears. And so... Wow. Um, some of the principles that have that I shared in the book, one is it starts with knowing who you are and being you. Now, here's the paradox with knowing ourselves. We have a hard time seeing ourselves clearly. Hmm. Right? <laughs> right. You know, it's uh, seeing what we're great at and what we're not so great at. And we actually need the help of others to help us see that. Right. But if we're able to see ourselves clearly, then we know what we can contribute. We we have a clarity around our purpose and that can be a decision-making point for should I, you know, we probably have a thousand launch ideas in our heads at any given time. Hmm. It gives us a, a decision heuristic to say, well, should I launch in this direction? Uh, do I, should I actually launch this idea or do I hold back because that's really not me? You know, that's really critical knowing who you are. Uh, and it is tough to do that. I, I mean, I don't know if it's possible to do without the help of others sometimes. And, and I remember doing it. I've shared this on the show before, but a consultant had me share a questionnaire where I asked, I think, 40 people in my network from that know me for a decade from employees to to relatives, to clients, to people from a decade, you know, that had not seen, never met each other. And, and the answers came back, uh, uh, pretty consistent and it was surprising to me, but the last block in the question was, uh, what is something about me, uh, that may be holding me back that I may not be aware of. And it was open form. They could write in anything. Ooh. And, and let, me, let me tell you what, what happened. What it did came, you discover? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, well, let me tell you what happened. First of all is I got answers back that were consistent from people that never met each other and it stung so bad. I remember going home and telling my wife, I, I was so mad. She said, you, you created that survey and survey monkey <laughs> and you sent it out to people and it stung and, 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 and it hurt. But you know what? I learned a lot. One of the things was that your sarcasm, your sarcasm may be more hurtful than you realize. I just thought I had a great sense of humor. I, did, I had no idea. And so that was a small thing, but I just, I learned so much and it stung for a while. And then I realized something really powerful. It was actually, it was, it was a superpower to be able to find out those things because I can work yes. on them and I can make adjustments. I don't want to be seen that way, but we don't want to, we, we're scared of getting feedback too. How do you get past the criticism? What do you do? Oh, okay. So first of all, um, I want to commend you because it took tremendous courage to Actually, well, first it took tremendous organization to just create that survey <laughs> and survey monkey, and yet it took tremendous courage to actually send it out and and take the time to read through all the responses, right? Mm. I mean, that's just like the tougher step. Um, on the tough criticism, so let's hover here and talk about feedback, because I think feedback is one of the things I love talking about that mm. is so critical to 
to building that sense of self-awareness. So on the tough criticism, listen, we're not yet whom we shall become, right? right? So it's about, it's not that criticism or it's just a data point at this time. Like, you know, and it doesn't mean that we can't change. Uh, it's just a data point that is a catalyst uh, for us to choose whether we want to change and address or not. <laughs> wow. And, and so it becomes less scary. It's just a data point because we, we are evolving as human beings. We're capable of evolving as human beings. And you, like, look at your story. The data point came back. Hey, your sarcasm can occasionally hurt. So you did something with that. And now you're tempered and so that your humor is more compassionate rather than right. fighting. Criticism as a data point. Wow, I like that. It's just a data point. Now, here's the thing about feedback. We tend to, and I see this with like a lot of athletes, um, chief executives, high achievers, is uh, we tend to also, we don't count positive feedback enough as feedback. Hmm. But positive feedback is also a data point, right? So let's talk, so for example, um, you are, you are brilliant, you know, you are brilliant at um, this idea of interviewing and, and just bringing out, getting people to have a comfort level that they can be themselves and on an interview and share their stories in an authentic way. Now to you, you're like, oh, well, doesn't everyone know how to do that? Because that comes so easily to you. Hmm. But but um, when I say, you know, if I say, Derek, uh, great job on the great job on the podcast, you'll probably gloss over it. You're like, OK, <laughs> all, right. all right. All right. Tell me the criticism. Right. Right. Glossing over that when that positive that positive feedback is also a data point for you to know, here's what I should continue to double down and replicate. Hmm. So the criticism is, this is what I should stop doing. Praise is, this is what I should keep on doing. So don't gloss over. You know, feedback is feedback. They're data points. Don't gloss over them. That, you know, that's, so So let me ask you, it, it is hard to do that. And before we started, you said, you know, we were talking through bios and stuff. You said, you're a rock star. And I, I, dis, I discounted you right away. You did, you no, did. no, no. And I said, well, I said, we're going to have to unpack that when we actually press record. Why, number one, why do we have a hard time with that? And then what, how do we get better at it? It, it is tough to hear. You just... You know, for me, it's the ambitious side of people. We want to just go on and create the next thing and build. And if we get too stuck in looking at something positive, I mean, we all like to read headlines once in a while, but, sure. but what is, what are some techniques to get better at that? Cause I'll be honest, it is hard for me to take that. Okay. So the number one thing with any type of feedback you receive, the, the good type, the wonderful, I mean, all, all feedback effective feedback is good right whether it's uh negative or positive so let's just establish that they're good data points because if someone's taking the time to share with you something about yourself um that's an act of generosity so the response to to any when someone takes the time to do that um whether it's saying hey your sarcasm is biting or hey you're a rock star uh the response is just two words thank you Start with thank you. <laughs> thank you. Acknowledge okay. that. You know, just say thank you. I mean, like if someone if someone gives you a, a a present, do you just dismiss it? No, you say thank you. Well, feedback is a present. You hmm. know, thank you. 
And then the second thing is um, we do as high achievers because we are taught to just work on improving ourselves, but we don't think also about celebrating our successes or gaining insight on what it is that we're good at. Hmm. Right. So next time someone says um, something like, hey, you're a rock star, um, you can stop and say, you know, thank you. I'm not fishing for compliments, but I'm trying to understand myself and my my strengths better. Can you help me understand what is it that I did that made me a rock star? Right. So Hmm. in your case, because now we're going into behaviorally focused. Right. And I can say, well, wow. you know, Derek is because um, your rock star is because I think you're highly adaptive because um, in your background, you first of all, you made geographical moves um, and that alone is hard. But as a kid, you were able to adapt to that and then you were able to make these career moves. So, for example, going from music, being a musician to being a um a entrepreneur with your own agency and then just even in one of the many businesses that you own to the artist revolution which started off originally for to help artists launch their business um now you were able to expand to pivot to to uh enable other corporate clients um who are not artists Hmm. and that that adaptability, I think, is a theme throughout your throughout your career and is something you should lean on. And that's why I said you're a rock star. Now, all of that gives you insight now into, oh, uh, the adaptability. Uh, you may, I don't know whether you've heard that before as a strengths, but now, you know, and if you have, that's great. And if not, now you can add that to wow. an understanding about you. Thank you so much for that. That is that is so insightful uh, to share it, 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 it. Just so many so many ways. That was a, it, it, amazing and selfish of me too to to get to have me as an example on there. But I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I want to. I think wonderful. this is a great time to talk about. Uh, uh, if we can, let's talk. You talk about vulnerability. You talk about being brave. Talk, I mean, let's let's talk about vulnerability now because that's something in behavioral science that you look at as well in, in this development. On vulnerability, first of all, um, like I just had a we at Duke University, we just launched a uh, lessons from legends series for alumni, and the inaugural one was Shane Batty and I teamed up uh, mm. on Tuesday to wow. share that story, and we were talking about his transition game, going from a professional athlete to that next next play, whatever mm. that next play. Uh, maybe and one of the hardest and one thing he said really resonated which is you know we which I see and talk about in the book is we being vulnerable is hard because we think we worry about you know being embarrassed and so we put up walls you know around us Um, so one type of one type of vulnerability is to say, hey, we we need help, right? <laughs> we right. all need help. Right. We all. Need, that is so hard to say whether it's because we might be embarrassed um, of admitting we need help. That's one reason. But here's the other reason that I see more often among high achievers and champions, and it's this: we love helping others. 
right? Hmm. We love investing in other people's success. But we don't want to, sometimes we're afraid of um, imposing on them when it comes to time to ask him for help. I have this problem, right? right? And one way of looking at it is, wait a minute, we love investing in other people's success. Why are we being selfish? Why are we being selfish and depriving them of the chance to invest in our success? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, it it's hard, but I think putting down walls that's one part of it, but the other part is just um, not only admitting we need, like, you know, saying, you know what, friends want to help us. Friends want to help us. People want to help. Let them. Well, you're you're really hitting you're hitting some uh, some pain points or nerves for me today in a good way. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Specifically, I can think of an example a few months ago when. Uh, when I was talking to a leader and I was trying to help them a few different times, cause that is what we do. You're right. We want to connect and, and bring people together and solve problems and be a part of that. And, uh, he said, how can I help you? And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll get back to you in that. And he said, you know what? You've been saying that to me for a long time. And I feel like you're just saying that. And it, mm. that kind of hurt a little bit. I'm like, you know what? You're right. He said, is there nothing I can do to help you? To help you? <laughs> yeah. Because people want to help, you know, right. we, we love helping others and, um, yeah. let them help. And it went, when people say it, assume they mean it. Assume they mean it. Right? That's great. And... Great advice. Thank you for sharing that. We've got a few minutes left. I want to talk a little bit uh, because this resonates with me. You talk about uh, about generosity and, and not waiting until we are, quote unquote, successful to do so. Tell me more about that because I, that I, I, that's really, I'm passionate about that as well. But um, it did take me a while. I was selfish and in, for for a long time, um, and and thought I'll do it someday. I you know I think I think it comes from a pattern that I see in the successful leaders, and I've seen it prove out in my own life. Hmm. So we tend to think we'll wait until we're successful, um, until we build up capital, and that capital can be financial capital. It can be reputational capital, it can be social capital, it can be um, intellectual capital, right? There's all right. different types of capital. And we think, well, let me wait until I become successful, then I will, I, then I can have time <laughs> to mm. get back right. to others. And the thing is, the most successful people I know, they start off with, hey, I, ha- I have an abundance mindset. I have an abundance of capital. You know, it can be my relationships, my connections. It can be um, sharing advice um, with others. I mean, even that college student to that high school student. You know, um, it can be, hey, I have credibility, so let me, let me. Um, there's a new person coming into the group that they're new to the group. Let me leverage my credibility, that capital, to be able to. Um, make them feel like they belong and included. Mm. So there's all different there's all different ways that we can be generous. And I find the most successful people are successful because they have that abundance mindset. They're generous. They're successful because they're generous right. um, all throughout. And it's a more fun way to live, mm. <laughs> anyways, right? It goes back to we can't control the wins and losses, but we can control what we can control how generous we are. And uh, that's fun. 
that's one and it leads to it just i've seen it prove over and over again um it's not a it's without any expectation of any rewards when we're generous you know we we give because we care um somehow the rewards always it always comes back Hmm. it always comes back in so many ways that's important thank you so much for sharing that and and, you know final question i have for you you mentioned fun so tell me about making fun a deliverable because <laughs> okay, I love that. So, yeah. So, so the journey, a lot of it is the journey, right? It's not just the, about the outcome. Like right. that count again, we can't control that win or loss, but uh, wouldn't it be so much better that instead of a drudgery of a journey, that it's an inspiring journey. Hmm. So laughter, like finding ways. So there's seals I know who, uh, they walk they walk into a space they they bring people on board who don't take them they take the work and the mission seriously but they're they can laugh at themselves Hmm. and they can laugh at each other they can laugh not at each other they can laugh with one another right yeah and that fun oh man you know it's um it's so key and we forget that yeah, I think that's that. so important. You know, I'm I'm lucky that uh, my wife and I shared favorite hobby is stand up comedy, and we get to laugh a lot <gasps> together. And oh, really? Is, we, we are we go to festivals. When we were in New York, we go to the comedy cellar. We we I mean, we just it is it is our one of our shared top passions, and and it is a game changer. When I when I have couples ask us sometimes about you know what do you do to get on the same page with things, I'm like we we laugh a lot together <laughs> a lot and you know you, you you can't be you can't be in a dispute too long when you're laughing together right it's just it, yeah. it brings you together and it's and so i love the idea of the fun um i think sometimes we we take the fun out of the environment but i do have to ask you this it's i think it's a great philosophy to say make fun of deliverable and i think it's great to say you know enjoy the journey but a lot of ambitious people myself included we we have a hard time sometimes because we build and we're on to the next we build and we're on to the next how do you slow down and actually enjoy the journey and make fun of deliver? Like what are, what are a couple of keys? Okay. Cause I know a lot of our listeners are high wired moving all the time and go, that sounds great, but man, I'm always on the edge of things. Okay. So about a big part of it. And by the way, I'll raise my hand. I'm one of those people who is mm. like, what's the next thing? Right. What's the next thing? What's the next mountain to climb? And, mm. and one of the things I found that worked for me quite a bit is, um, I think back to the end of my days, right? We think back to the, actually, when we think back to the end of our days, um, picture that moment, will we be wishing, wow, I I wish I had won that award <laughs> or mm. really gone for that award. I wish I, I've done another presentation or given another talk. Or do we wish we, what, do, what will we wish for? Mm. And at the end of our days, for me, it's about um, the time with my family. Right, because that time, time, no matter how wealthy or how poor, how talented, or um, or how non-talented we think we are, time is the one thing we can't make more of. Right. <laughs> we can't buy. And so, so you think about what do we want to do with that time and what's meaningful. For me, it's with my family and friends, right? And then you think about, okay, that's where you want to spend your time. Right. That's a way to slow down. Mm. And then the other thing is, how do you want to be remembered? Mm. You know, I remember reading the Bible. I'll share this perspective. I love history. 
And um, there's so many kings and queens and and greats in history, many of whom, when I'm reading reading about them, I've never heard of them before, right? But then you read their bios, and they're maybe um, uh, rulers of now defunct kingdoms, but hmm. at their during their lifetime, that was a pretty that was a pretty big deal. Right. But hundreds of years later, uh, it's it's like it's just a it's just a line in a in a bio in a story. Wow. But but you know what really the leaders and rulers I remember reading about like James the second, um, he they or was it Philip the second? Um, but there was this ruler who was incredibly patient with those around those around him, and I remember that. Right. Wow. So it's how do you want to be remembered? What stories will people tell about you and the kindness mm. and the generosity you've bestowed upon them? Wow, that's great. Sonia, any anything, uh, any final I want to share more about your book and give a plug for that. But is there is there any anything final that you want to share? You've given us so many so much gold nuggets today, but any final thoughts you want to share? Um, I think. The one thing that I think about a lot um, nowadays is what matters right now and what will matter, hmm. right, in the long run. And sometimes what seem to engulf us um, right now actually end up not mattering in the long run, right? And so, um, and not and not taking things for granted. My children's health, uh, my health, my husband's health. Right. We take it for granted until we can't. So why 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 are we not looking at those things as a gift? Right. We're not. Why are we not? Why are we so so dismissive of those? And everything changes when you you know I had a health scare a year and a half ago <gasps> and everything changed for me. You know I thought I was in a fight for my life and I was okay obviously, but everything that was on my list was gone. Yes. It was just, am I going to make it or not? Did I tell yes. my family I love them? Do I, you know, and that was yes. all that mattered. And everything else that was so important an hour earlier was completely 100% stripped away from my, from what mattered. Mm. There and you go. So I appreciate that. You know, I've been keeping a gratitude journal. I started doing it again. And, and it's funny is I thought that I was going to have bigger things in there. And I really did it because I wanted to document my journey better of, from day to day. And it's the little things that keep popping up. So like what made today great? It's coaching <laughs> my son's soccer, uh, time oh. with my wife, uh, yes. uh, you know, Emily and I got to do a breakfast. It's those things. And I, I thought I'd be documenting these, you know, other types of significance and, and there are other great things in business, but those things are good and they're fun and I like them and I'm ambitious, but it's those little moments that keep popping up and health keeps popping up at the top of that. And those are, yes. those that's what you're talking about. And, and I do encourage listeners, if you're not doing that, to grab one of those, one of those gratitude type journals and just make a daily documentation because it, it's interesting the themes that keep popping up of what really is important to you. And when you do that, uh, you know, we, the memories, we, we choose what memories we want to hold on to, hmm. right? And when you're documenting those, like the dinner with Emily or, you know, coaching your son, that you're creating, you are, you're creating those positive memories for yourself and um, your family who's going to hmm. read those journals. Wow. So. 
Sonia and I could talk to you all day. We're out of time today, but I, and, and, you know, we didn't talk about all the areas of your expertise, but I really, you know, you've got so much wisdom and I like to hear the other side of things sometimes. And you really shared that. And to me, that is where success lies and significance lies is, is learning from people like you about how you're going about your life in these, these areas that seem small, but they are absolutely uh, key pillars for success. And so I appreciate you. And, and again, the book, the launch book, motivational stories for launching your idea, business or next career. And I just want to thank you again for being our guest. And I look forward to seeing the next great things that you do. Derek, thank you so much. It's a joy to speak with you and to engage with your listeners. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. You've been listening to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. This interview was designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. 